Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello and welcome back to the podcast. It is always up to speed with Formula One. It is Monday, November 20th, 2023. Mark Daly and Mark Hamilton here doing our Las Vegas race recap like two days late, but hey, it is what it is. You know, Hammy. It was awesome. Loved the whole Las Vegas experience. Loved the the watch party at your place on Saturday night. How how much fun was that? That was that was great. But it's so weird. It kind of got us completely out of our like out of our routine year. Didn't work yesterday. It could we couldn't find like an hour to sit down together. It feels like that race happened so long ago. Now it was, it was only two days ago. It feels like it was a week ago. But anyways, yeah, how I, are you, my friends? I dude, I'm doing amazing. And of course, <laughs> I'm not going to dox these folks on the air because I don't know that all of them would appreciate me saying their names, but to everybody that came out and to everybody that donated to the cause, even though some of them were thousands of miles away, thank you so much. I'm sure the Canadian Mental Health Association and all the people who benefit from their efforts much appreciated it. But my friend, it was so fun. And it was a great admittedly, night. it might be the only time I've watched a live Grand Prix in the last few months, but it was at a time that worked for us. And it was also really great just to watch it with a bunch of lovely, incredibly kind, incredibly wonderful, like-minded individuals. I couldn't, I couldn't have asked for better, aside from you, um, uh, I couldn't have asked for, I'm joking, I'm joking. I, I couldn't have asked for better company. And by the way, I told you to take all those samosas that you'd brought, the ones that didn't get finished because I knew I was going to consume them. I must have eaten nine samosas yesterday, my friend. So my my weight gain, I will blame, blame on you. It, but on it was me. an That's awesome night. Fair, Did you have fair. fun? I did. I really, really enjoyed it. And, you know, I, I'd been out the afternoon to go, uh, like, have lunch and, and coffee with a friend of mine. I came home for a couple hours, went over to straight over to your place. And I just, like, I, I kind of kept going, you know, like, uh, e- even after, like, the crowd started to thin out, people started to go home. I got the vibe that, like, things were starting to shut down. But I was I was just, I was just, uh, you know, enjoying myself. <laughs> I was enjoying myself so much. I just, uh, you know, I, I, I could have stayed, but I kind of was getting that vibe. It's like, you know, before, like, all the lights get turned off is like come on just go home please you know i hope your wife's not listening to this but (laughs) my my son's godmother actually asked that or made that kind of observation after you left it's like yeah mark wanted to mark wanted to make this an all-nighter i'm just like you know he's got three kids at home i'm sure not sure how often he gets a a night off from the havoc of that household (laughs) not very often not very often i don't blame him at all and i think one of the things next year man is one we should we really should start 
planning something for the same weekend next year, maybe yeah. get a venue, maybe promote it, like really kind of lead into the Canadian mental health uh, association piece of this as a, as a good cause, because I think this was a good, I think it was a good template for what could become something really special in the future. Yeah, just absolutely. continue to make it fun and continue to make it inclusive. But yeah, it was, it was fantastic. And I think it's the perfect segue. And before we even get to the race, Mark, I'm dying. Cause you and I didn't get a chance to discuss this. Obviously Liberty FOM, they've been building towards the Las Vegas experience for years. Apparently they spent $500 million, although reports are they spent significantly more money building the infrastructure to accommodate this. Now that we've been, now that we kind of sit here a few days post Las Vegas Grand Prix and really kind of inching towards Yas, but sitting here a couple days post Las Vegas Grand Prix, what are your impressions of the weekend, of the event, of the, I guess you could say spectacle? Yeah, I thought it was good. You know, the, I thought it was really kind of funny because Max was very, very like, I, I'm only here so I don't get fined kind of thing. I think I made that really lame comment, uh, you know, during the, the the party on Saturday night. But uh, it kind of like it was weird because before I, before I really sat down to watch practice and qualifying and, and the race itself, I didn't really... I saw the pictures and whatnot, but as when I heard that, like those comments from Max, where he's kind of like his whole attitude is like, meh, you know, it's just like, yeah, I was, I, I, that kind of colored my perception a little bit, but I really kind of liked the vibe. Like it was like had a very Vegas vibe, but I didn't think it was too campy or too kitschy, you know, too over the top. Right. And I thought it was really well done the way that the track was built and integrated into the city. And that was one of the comments I made as well, that, that, if you didn't have like all those Vegas landmarks, like the the, the Bellagio, the MGM, you know, the Sphere, etc., that I wouldn't have known exactly where that track was. So I think the track itself was integrated very well into the into the downtown of uh, the, the the city. And you know, th- there were some things you know that they they kind of like really played up on, like the the whole "Let's Get It to Rumble" guy. I think that was him. And then Donny Osmond singing the national anthem and the whole kind of like post race kind of thing where they they drove the podium like place uh, drivers like halfway across the city to do the interviews and then drove them all the way back to you know to to the the, the podium ceremony which Gil pointed out uh, during the race looked very much like a a recycling of the uh, the Super Bowl set that they used for Dr. Dre uh, and company last year so that that was a bit weird but I, th- I thought in general I thought it worked uh, really well it was kind of neat to, to to see all these these landmarks and you know fully you know you know full transparency here i've never been to vegas it's on the list it's just i've never had the opportunity or the, the opportunity hasn't come yet to go so i i kind of enjoyed it i thought that the racing was good i thought the you know apart from the whole charles hitting the the water cover or not sorry not charles carlos Sainz hitting the water cover that you know basically blew up the underside of his car and really uh put him at a disadvantage for the race because of all the park for may rules and everything really put him you know substantially back uh, to, to start the race i, I enjoyed it what about yourself yeah it's maybe it's what i should have expected that it was going to be and obviously this race is going to get a lot of scrutiny because as we've discussed before there isn't even a race organizer that liberty took on the task of of organizing this race themselves and i think you made a comment a couple of minutes ago about maybe it's not it wasn't over the top i mean i think it absolutely was over the top and i i think they for really anywhere do, else i thought oh, it was for, on par for, for sure for, for vegas, vegas standards totally agree yeah. totally agree totally agree yeah. yeah it was definitely on par for vegas and i mean 
there there was a lot going on that I didn't consume. Like I, I heard about the opening ceremonies. I don't know if, an, if a Grand Prix needs that, but again, it's free content. Mm-hmm. I'm not complaining. And if you're paying to go, then it's something else to absorb and to experience. And obviously, we all I think we all had a good chuckle when we were watching the post race celebrations and the three podium finishers were put in a Maybach or whatever it was and driven a, all the way across Vegas <laughs> to do this little appearance in front of the fountains, only to get put in the car and brought all the way back. Like I think I think they'll and I think they Liberty are probably going to look at this and hey what could we do differently next year and things like that but it wasn't an unmitigated disaster but that said in free practice one last week it totally started as an unmitigated disaster and i think a lot of people including me were really looking for that negative angle thinking that hey this thing's going to be a disaster and it's going to be a series of red flags and the racing's going to be garbage and when it got off to a bad start when those two cars i think it was i can't i think it was esteban Ocon who sucked up the manhole covered and destroyed his chassis followed by Carlos Sainz who sucked it up and destroyed his chassis. And then the fact that there was that whole horrendous incident with the spectators being asked to leave prior to FP2 without being compensated in a meaningful way, that it seemed to start on a negative note. And ultimately, I think it came together in the end. And I think, you know, there's still a lot of complaints from the community and Elizabeth Blackstock had done a great article talking about how the city and the community and a lot of the workers in the city center weren't necessarily considered particularly well in the build-up to this event, and there'll be a lot of things to iron out, but it's maybe a welcome addition to the calendar. I mean, certainly there are worse races. Certainly there are worse races. And I like that point that you made as well, that, you know what, kind of stepping aside from all those aerial shots of which there was a gratuitous amount of separate hotels that were clearly spending big money to get their appearances on the TV network. I mean, at points, it just felt like we were in Singapore. You know what, those, yes. those brightly lit street scenes with the tight barriers and the tech pro and the catch fence thing and all that kind of stuff. It kind of felt like Singapore, but ultimately we reflect back on this and eh, it was a spectacle. Uh, there's worse races, but there's certainly better races. I'm sure it's going to generate a ton of money and it looked like the grandstands were full throughout the weekend, except when people were getting kicked out in free practice too last week. Uh, obviously I, I think it did. Uh, <laughs> I, I guess it was what Liberty was wanting. And uh, I guess we'll ultimately have to wait for their balance sheet to be released at the beginning of next year. But ultimately it was interesting. Now the race was something else entirely, which we can get to in a couple of minutes. But yeah, I just wanted your impression on the spectacle that was Vegas because we've been building to this for seemingly years. Yeah, I really enjoyed the entire spectacle the entire weekend. You know, having said that, of course, there was the whole moment where it it, it really literally went off track with the, the the whole water cover incident, water valve incident with Carlos Sainz in free practice, because a lot of those people, you know, they, they got like eight minutes of like Formula One experience, enjoying the spectacle, the racing, even though it was a practice session and then it was over. But I mean, it was getting super late, wasn't it? Something like 2.30 a.m. Las Vegas time by the time they decided to, to, to call it a night, but it was interesting because we, we talked about it on the show last week and you had like this aerial picture that somebody had put together, like where the race was in 1982 or whatever it was and where the race is now. <clears throat> And the track, it's just magnitudes bigger. It's huge compared to the race that they had 40 plus years ago, which in hindsight, it it looks almost ridiculous. It almost like the old track almost looks uh, comical. 
because it, it, it's tight, it's compact. It, it, it looks like like the straight portions of the track were like literally zooming up, uh, like a, a straight aisle in a parking lot or something like that, and kind of like wrapped around itself. It looked like like literally what it was, like a go kart track. But this was what did it not turn out to be the second longest track on the circuit, like on the, on the calendar this year at something was it like three point eight five miles or just over six kilometers, something like that. I mean, very very long and. It, I was kind of, I, I must admit beforehand, I was a little bit skeptical because I was, I was looking, I was like, there's not really too many technical portions to the track. You know, we got some, you got some long straight sections and some sweepy corners and things like that, but it just really, really worked well. I thought uh, once we got to racing and once the race actually started, we kind of had like a bit of a dodgy, but five ten laps where we had like a, a vsc and then the safety car and it, it just seemed like it was going to go nowhere fast but once the race started and really got bedded in and it's and with the other section sessions uh, throughout the weekend as well is once they got into it th- like the action on the track regardless what so like what, what format it was racing qualifying practice whatever it might be was really quite something because we were looking at some of the live uh you know shots uh, through the speed trap on saturday night there they were topping out like what 352 355 kilometers an hour that's what 225 miles an hour or something like that if i do my my, my math and my mind i mean it was just absolutely a- incredible and, and we saw a lot of overtaking uh, during the race as well but I, i'd love to hear your thoughts like what did you think of the track itself and and, and the action that we saw all throughout the weekend look i i don't love it man and i i think ultimately it was the outcome in terms of the race was better than maybe we'd expected, right? That a, a lot of the enjoyment in sitting down and consuming this race is the spectacle that is Las Vegas and the unknown and the uncertainty and seeing the landmarks and all that kind of stuff. But I, I think ultimately it worked. And and I think, and I, I read a comment on Reddit earlier today that made a lot of sense. And somebody had made this comment that one, the, the layout is actually very slipstream friendly. So it gives cars the opportunity to follow pretty closely. And there's a couple of long straights with some pretty deep braking zones, which gives a lot of opportunity to overtake heading into a corner, which is pretty good. We had a, a pretty jumbled up grid. There was a ton of different strategies that were being deployed, um, as well as the fact that the track conditions continued to change over the course of the Grand Prix as it became more and more rubbered in and teams managed to find more grip as as the race went on and on that ultimately the track played better than i think we expected you made that comment too about overtakes like there were 99 overtakes in this grand prix which is the most since china in 2016 which is pretty remarkable and if we all sit here complaining that we want more overtaking we want more racing action like we certainly got a lot and i'm not going to get super excited you know i was talking to one of my friends earlier today and i think there was a lot of people that were really excited about how close the how close the finish was in terms of the final three or four or five positions. And it was definitely thrilling watching it go down to the very end. But again, maybe on my, as far as my register is concerned, maybe not an eight, a nine, or certainly not a 10 on the old kind of scale of great Grand Prix, but maybe a six. And I think that that's still pretty good because I think this championship is pretty devoid of exciting races. And while this race wasn't an all-time classic, by the standards of 2023, it was pretty it was pretty fun and maybe that's that's good enough because again we tune into F1 because it's entertainment. 
Yeah, I, I think that's a, a great point. I mean, for a race that literally meant nothing, uh, there, there was a, a lot of exciting things happening. Total Wolf had uh, some some things to say about uh, the, the weekend. He felt that it, quote unquote, uh, ticked all the boxes. And then Total went on to say, quote, lots of things uh, that were said took a little bit out of uh, proportion or too negative because we were leaving Las Vegas after a great weekend. I think it will have increased the popularity of Formula One in the United States for sure. There's nothing negative that I... I can find and then uh, Toto goes on uh, to say oops I lost uh, my note here um, Toto goes on to say a little bit more uh, in the same uh, interview uh, when I look back at uh, tonight a spectacular race great audiences a mega event and some good racing at the front that's what I'll remember of the inaugural Las Vegas uh, race that ticked all of uh, the, the boxes um, so there you go <laughs> not like the best race that I've ever been to or the, the best race ever but I, I think that he's right. Like it ticked all the boxes. I think just from a, a pure entertainment point of view, I think it was great because, you know, Max, you know, sewed up the, the, the championship a while ago. Red Bull sewed up the constructors a while ago and it was all pretty much academic. Anyways, we, we knew many, 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 many months ago that this was going to be Max's championship to lose and he was never going to lose it. And it was just going to be a question of like, how soon is he going to do it? How soon is, um, is is Red Bull going to wrap up the Constructors' Championship? And it's all deserved. I mean, they, they have the best car, best engine, best package. And it, but unfortunately, that just means that for for me, and I'm sure everyone else, that he, you know, it, it's like the spectacle itself, like the excitement has uh, has kind of suffered for it as as a result because we just all know that most of the time and what 20 times this year max has gone out and won the race and dom you know been dominant this weekend not so much he really had to fight for it and uh it was very very exciting i mean you know charles leclerc put up a, a great fight and uh, i i was hoping he'd be able to hang on but uh max made the the, the pass and you know give max his you know, the credit on that as well i mean he had that you know had some argy bargy with uh with uh you know right in the the opening quarter and uh ended up uh, picking up the five second penalty for that and he came back and uh you know well i mean it's helped of course i think by the safety card some of the other things that happened throughout the race but it wasn't handed to him it wasn't like him disappearing down the road so in the end he only won by like two and a half seconds or three seconds rather than 23 or 33 but he had to work for it and it, it was it was exciting but why, why don't we just uh, you know you, you did mention it uh here that just what really did help is you had this really mixed up uh, grid. So, you know, the, the fr front five rows, you had uh, Charles and Max on row one. You had George and Pierre Gasly on uh, row two. They had Alex Albon and Logan Sargent, the all Williams row three. Like, when has that happened in, in recent memory? Like, never. Uh, then uh, row four, you had Valtteri Bottas and Ke Kevin Magnussen. Row five was Fernando Alonso and Lewis Hamilton. Row six, Sergio Perez and Carlos Sainz. I mean, obviously way down where they usually are. Then you had Nico Hulkenberg and Danny Ricardo. row seven. Lando Norris and Esteban Aka on row eight. Then Joe Guan Yu and Oscar Piastri, row nine. And then row 10, you had Lance Stroll and Yuki Tsunoda. So, I mean, you had a lot of, uh, you know, more competitive cars down towards the bottom. I mean, the, uh, the, the, the McLarens just... Uh, you know, they had a horrible qualifying and, uh, you know, watching uh, throughout the race. I mean, uh, the Piastri, 
was uh, what did he get up to about as high as p6 or something like that in the race itself i mean in the end uh after a late pit stop you know he dropped down but recovered to uh score a single point or sorry two points uh when he got uh came back to uh to 10th position if i remember correctly yeah he did come home in p10 uh so it there the the, the the grid was kind of mixed up, and I think that really lent to the action as well. I mean, we saw the VSC because of a whole lot of uh, you know banging and uh, smashing of cars together going into row or sorry into turn one. I mean, we saw Max and Charles. Uh, who else was there? Fernando and Carlos Sainz. Oh, let's say just basically everybody had something going at turn one. Then we had that scary crash with Lando Norris several laps later that uh, came to like led to a full safety car and kind of like went from there. So there, there were interruptions. The, the race, I, I think we could probably say it felt like, even though it was what, like 50 laps in total, I can't remember what the, uh, the, the exact uh, lap count was, but it, uh, yeah, 50 laps that uh, it, it kind of felt with some of the interruptions that like the stints were almost kind of like almost kind of sprint racy ish. Does, does, does that, does that sound fair? You know, like, or maybe that's the way I'm seeing it, but it was, uh, it was interesting just how, you know, the race kind of played out because some of the drama we saw on the track, Mark. Yeah, that's, that's an interesting point that the, the safety cars certainly did a lot to keep the field pretty compact. And, and I think had this race been clean and we not had a safety car and nobody had gone off or anything like that, that maybe the field begins to spread a little bit more. So maybe that was helpful, but I also don't think that that is going to be unique to this race, that that didn't happen in isolation, that I think going forward, in fact, I think in a lot of ways, man, I think we came out pretty unscathed here, right? Like I think as all of us were sitting down to watch this race, I think the debate was, hey, not if we were going to see a red flag situation, but how quickly were those red flags going to come out? And I think aside from the fact that, you know, obviously Lando's back end snapped out and, and he hit the wall and spun out, fortunately, into that that kind of long exit. So there wasn't a ton of really bad kind of immediate shock and impact on on a on a, an adjacent parallel wall, but I, I think ultimately we probably did get un, out a little unscathed here, and that might not be the case next year. But I think the fact that we did have all those safety cars did a lot to kind of bunch up the field. Also, by the way, my wife was whispering in my ear a couple of minutes ago. It's like Mark, it's not ninety nine. If this wasn't the most overtake since China. This is the most overtakes in a dry race since China, because I think in the Netherlands earlier this year, we had oh, almost 200. Yeah. But just to kind of clarify that point there. But yeah, Good I think point. we were relatively yep. unscathed. So I think and, and there was a number of contributing factors, which was obviously had Max qualified on pole, regardless of safety cars or not, he probably would have had that opportunity to overtake. And the fact that he didn't qualify on pole forced him to push harder than maybe he would normally have to in the first corner of lap one. And of course, because of that, and because he was in an undesirable starting location, it ultimately resulted in him making contact and getting that penalty, which was also really exciting for the race because it added an additional dimension or kind of layer of of excitement. But I think the, the race kind of kind of rolled out and unraveled and I shouldn't say unraveled because that has kind of a negative connotation, <laughs> but I think it unfolded in, in a yep. way that was pretty, pretty exciting right down to the very last minute. And again, to my earlier point too, that I think there was a ton of scrutiny on this race. And I think the weekend started coming apart in free practice and the way that F1 Liberty FOM ultimately treated those fans that were escorted out to free practice too, with that 
absolute BS $200 voucher for the overpriced fanatic store. Like that was atrocious. That was terrible. Yeah. They deserve much, much better. But I think that the media were kind of frothing at the mouth to kind of bite into Liberty and their big, expensive Las Vegas experiment. But the race came together in a way that was actually pretty good and reflected pretty well on a season that's not been very good. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Yeah, I, I 100% uh, agree. And uh, just to kind of go back, you were talking about like the, the potential for like red flags and things like that. So we had Lando obviously retire after that big crash on lap two. Then we go another 43 laps before we get the next uh, retirement was uh, Nico Hulkenberg and the Haas. He retired on lap 45. Yuki Tsunoda retired a lap later on lap 46. And and that was it. And they both uh, managed to, uh, to pull off the track and uh, avoid having to... Um, engage the the like a vsc or safety car or anything like that which was great too because i like those last number of laps like that that trio of max verstappen uh charles leclerc and uh and and sergio perez the way that uh, they were really going at it at times was really really exciting it would have been a real shame if if we'd missed out on that at the end because they had to uh, deploy the virtual safety car or something else uh, because of it so but you know the one thing is too is that uh, despite all the uh, concerns and the talk especially after the incident with science and that uh the 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 manhole cover the water valve cover destroying the underside of his car that you know that the talk that we've heard here is very very uh, different than the first time that we went to to saudi arabia for example a couple of years ago i mean there there were so many drivers after that uh, inaugural race in Jeddah. there was a uh, you know this track is just like flat out dangerous period so we we did really have any of those uh you know d- d- discussions and and let's hope that it doesn't uh you know go that way in the future because the track the way that it is you're know, really sort of pleasantly surprised although that uh you know that very sharp left hander going into turn one you know especially at the start of the race i mean i i'm not really too surprised that we had so much shenanigans there in the first several laps of the race i mean you're starting late they're on cold tires it's it's not super cold there i remember checking the the temperature live during the race it said it was 16 degrees celsius i don't know if that was accurate enough or or not because i remember checking the um at least what the forecasted temperature was at the time uh uh, or it was supposed to be at race time a couple of days prior to, and it was supposed to be a little bit cooler than that. So I don't know how accurate those those temperatures were. But regardless, it's just, a, you know, you have that very, very short run up into turn one. You're doing like 120 or 130 degree turn to the left. And uh, it's, you know, 
the the drama there. Let's let's just say what it happened. Those uh, opening laps was was not unexpected. I mean, when when things start to stretch out over the race, the the less likely something's going to happen to that corner. That that increases, but in the early stages, yeah, just uh, it, th- that potential is going to be there, right? I hear what you're saying on the Jetta comp. But I, I just, I, I don't know that that one's totally fair in a sense that they're similar, right? Because they're yep. very, very, very tight street circuits and the penalty for a mistake is that you're going to DNF and cause a significant amount of damage to your car. But Jetta is, I think the complaints with Jetta is that one, it was incredibly fast and I think it yes. had a ton of very, very quick, flat out blind corners and i think a lot of what they've done there over the last couple of years because they were the race organizers were very good they started widening the track and they started to dress a lot of those blind corners to open it up a little bit more but it's not a totally fair comp in terms of the level of danger because jetta is at a whole different jetta is a thrilling thrilling race to watch uh but mm-hmm. it's very very different but I, I hear what you're saying in the sense that hey it's a night it's a night race on a temporary street circuit. Um, and, and for that reason, yeah, for sure, there, there's definitely some similarities. But but again, I I I I, w- I got very excited post-race because I thought this was so great. And it was probably a byproduct of watching the race with some really great people. Um, and it was a good race. But again, I just think that against the backdrop of 2023, it was a banger because the championship's been so bad. Mm-hmm. But if they can deliver a race like this every single year with 99 overtakes and without the race winner really being decided until 10 or 13 laps remaining, like that's pretty good. I mean, I, I would certainly take that. Yeah, 100%. And just to kind of go back, uh, you know, that now they've had a chance to really think about it, where I've kind of landed with this track is that, you know, number one, I, I've completely turned 180 degrees on where I was all those years ago when they started, uh, you know, having night races in Formula One. Oh, this is kind of gimmicky. I don't like the idea of night races. I've compl- I love the night races and, and I, I've completely changed my stance on that. But where this one feels is it doesn't have that, um, I don't even know what the the right word is to just like, I'm not even sure how I would describe Jetta. It it seems like it's a completely different creature compared to some of the other uh, road circuits. But what I feel like Las Vegas is, is that it's, it's, it's got a lot of similarities with Singapore, but it's not quite like the track isn't it. I feel that this track would be like a combination of Baku and uh, Singapore with the the obvious, uh, you know, added element of being a night race with the, um, uh, you know, w- w- in Singapore as well. I mean, that very long kind of sweeping left hander kind of has vibes of that very long straight that uh, that you have at uh, Baku. But instead of being sort of, uh, you know, sort of, sort of sweeping to the left like we see in Vegas and Baku, it kind of sweeps to the right as you come back down to start finish and then hit that uh you know those two uh 90 degree left hand corners going into turns one and two so that's where i kind of feel like i I like baku city as a as as a road circuit i mean for me that completely changed the game i mean for me like road circuits always feel like like monaco which is the complete other end of the spectrum for road circuits it's 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 tight it's compact it's slow and then you get like baku where they they just like light it up and uh, it's uh you know just a full wide open throttle and the these high or these very very fast you know top end speeds we saw that in vegas as well so that's where i kind of feel like uh, like, like it is with uh, you know the fact that uh, and, and like you say it 
I kind of think that like Jetta feels like a little bit more edgy or risky. Not that Vegas or or these other tracks aren't, but but you 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 did correctly address that uh, you know that comment I made that uh, the the organizers in Saudi Arabia have done a very good job to you know very proactive to act on these concerns. Like right after literally the first race that we had there a couple of years ago, it's like okay, we got some problems here. We need to do something to to address these safety concerns. And since we've gone gone back there subsequently, because we've had what three races there now is it three or is it yeah I, incredibly I guess it yeah would 21 be, right? 22 yeah. 23 hey dude i, I know we're yeah. jumping all I, we're not you're trying to keep this train on the tracks and i'm all oh over I, the place. i'm so doing a terrible I, job I, i'm I jumping all over the place too for everyone but you you made an interesting point as well about the fact that and for those that are kind of newer to f1 that when we did our first night race which i guess would have been singapore in, in 08 because of course bath raid was originally a day track and or day yeah. race and switched to a night race later when they installed the lighting there but when we did singapore in 2008 like that was wildly controversial and seen as a total gimmick and we don't even think about yep. that now that hey of course there could be a formula one grand prix under the lights now that said i'm going to kind of put this back on you because another question sure. is it wasn't just that this was a night race man we're talking about a race weekend that saw free practice sessions after midnight we saw qualifying deep into the night this grand prix started at 10 p.m pacific standard time that it wasn't just that it was late it was it wasn't even just that it was a night race. It was just that it was late. Does does this work? And I guess another revelation that I discovered during the watch party was somebody had mentioned something that I didn't really know, which was they actually open up the track to traffic during the day because yes. they still need to accommodate all of the traffic, the commuters, the taxis, all of the hospitality industry during the day. So the, it, it was funny, but was it too late? It wasn't just that it was a night race in November. It was that it was 10 p.m., does it need to be that late or is it that late because that's just the demands of the city and the city can't be shut down during the day? I, I, I'm not clear on that answer, but I'm not sure if I love a 10 p.m. start. Yeah, that that was a bit strange. Like, you know, hundred percent, I would have stayed up on Friday night, but I I was just completely, you know, I, I was completely done by the time I got home from work on Friday night. So I ended up uh, waking up early, going to bed early on Friday night, waking up early on Saturday morning, and watching it uh, then, uh, which was like a, a little bit uh, a little bit easier to do. But exactly to your point, like. I felt like that the timing of this, I mean, it's on a weekend, you know, I'm a night person usually, so I don't mind staying up late. I didn't feel like I was watching a race that was like literally like two hours by by airplane away from from where we're sitting right now, Mark. I felt like I had Australia vibes. I had Japan vibes, you know, like those those like the east, you know, those sort of Eastern Hemisphere races that we see throughout the years that or throughout the year that uh, when we can you know, when we could watch it live here on the West coast of North America comes on late it, on, on a Saturday night. Like I do love the, the, the night race uh, concept. Like, like I said, a few minutes ago, I've completely done a 180 on that and completely embrace it. It just, um, I, you know, maybe that's just the way that they have to do it in Vegas, you know, not just uh, because of the way that, uh, the, I, I mean, that literally is a city that never shuts down. It, it's like constantly like Friday or Saturday night, no matter what day or time or of, of the week, or year that it is like that city just keeps on going i mean 
is the entertainment capital of uh, not just the United States of America, but also probably the entire like the entire planet, right? So that still has to go. And then I think the other thing that goes into this conversation is that when some of these, when it comes to the timings as well, that uh, that it has to come in for the different time zones around the world. So you know they're they're also not just playing to like the North American market market. They're probably trying to find a convenient uh, enough time for you know for for Europe, the Middle East, Asia, etc. to to try and find you know find you know try and find that compromise that works for everyone that doesn't really work for anybody in particular. And everybody's either going to be so it's way too late or it's way too early. And I don't know if there I don't know what it'd been like in the Middle East, for example, if it came on at three in the afternoon. If it did, it'd be great for those people <laughs> watching it, whichever part of the world that that worked out uh, favorably. But I, I mean, for me, I, I don't uh, you know I, I'm you know, not too, you know, really passionate about saying it's, it's, it's on too late because for me, it's, it, it's a weekend and, uh, you know, it's Formula One. I'll find, I'll find a way to watch it and hopefully watch it live. Yeah. I just, and, right. you're, and you're right. Yeah. You make a good point too, that ultimately F1 is very much a global audience and you have to cater to a global audience. And you're right. Like if you push this back to 6 PM Pacific time, well, all of a sudden that's not 6 AM. In Western Europe, that's 2 a.m. Yeah, in Western Europe. And you basically... No, that would be 3 a.m. Central European time. You know, from, from the West Coast, that's a nine-hour delta positive, right? Right, 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 right. And right, then right. say like 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 probably in India and that part of, uh, you know, that part of the world, that's going to be like 6 a.m., <laughs> You know, in the, in the morning, like the next day, Sunday morning. So, you know, you're, you're getting like, a. I mean, it'd be great for us. I mean, I would mind sitting down like around dinner time to watch a, watch a race, but I don't know how that works. That That's tricky, how you strike a time that works for literally nobody, but supposed to work for everyone. You're nodding your head. <laughs> I, I my stole head. what you're going to say. I, yeah. I'm nodding my head. I'm just, you know what? This this episode is, I've made it such a train wreck already. Um, we should, by the way, um, at some yep. point, and we're probably due for a break here. Um, I do have the fantasy standings up. They just updated. So if we get an opportunity, uh, we should probably go through well, that Well, why do we do that? I mean, this is a bit of a an in-between episode because we're a little bit late to dropping this one and we've got more content uh, planned to come the, re- the, the rest of this week. So why don't we just uh, leave it there why, why did we just uh, wrap this episode up we'll do a fantasy update and uh, why, well I, why don't we do this so uh, we'll go down with the uh with the final race classification which literally everybody on the planet knows that uh, at this at this point and then we'll go into the the fantasy uh standings and, and we'll leave it there so we had uh, max verstappen winning this one uh, uh leading home charles leclerc who made that uh, fantastic move on sergio perez to take a uh, second place sergio perez obviously ending up third uh he must have uh that that, that was a great battle between uh, all three of them there was some great racing between the two red bulls and uh, charles leclerc and esteban ocon p4 for alpine lance stroll Coming home P5 in the Aston Martin. Uh, P6 was Carlos Sainz in the second Ferrari. Lewis Hamilton, seventh. George Russell, eighth uh, in the second Mercedes. Then Fernando Alonso and Oscar Piastri in the McLaren uh, coming home in 10th. I did say earlier that uh, Oscar got uh, two points for coming home P10. Should be a little bit more specific. Got a single point for coming home uh, in the final points pain uh, position. Oscar also got a single point 
for throwing down the the fastest lap of the race at the uh, right towards the end there. So he got a second point uh, for for that one right there. So that means uh, after the end of this one, we have the constructors' championship, which looks as follows: uh, Red Bull uh, eight hundred twenty two points, Mercedes three hundred ninety two points, Ferrari three hundred eighty eight points, McLaren two hundred eighty four points, and then Aston Martin two hundred seventy three points. So it could be uh, you know very interesting after was it twenty two rounds of uh, the Formula One. Uh, calendar this year races uh, i should say that uh, you know there's only four points between ferrari and uh, mercedes of course yeah, <laughs> red bull's literally a country mile you know, further up the road but uh interesting how that worked out and uh the driver's side max Verstappen 549 points uh, sergio perez 273 lewis hamilton 232 carlos Sainz uh from ferrari 200 fernando alonso 200 points which is you know phenomenal for fernando uh you know a little bit uh, disappointing that uh on the constructor side obviously for aston martin uh then uh going down uh, lando norris charles leclerc george russell and Oscar Piastri, and pardon me, and I should put the end it after uh, after uh, <laughs> Oscar Piastri. Lance Stroll rounds out the uh, the top ten in the drivers' championship. Lance has seventy three points, so quite a ways down on his teammate Fernando Alonso. But Mark, you were saying you actually have some fantasy standings for us. I do. So. First of all, it is incredibly close and it is absolutely going to come down to the final race this weekend in Yas. So I'll just kind of run you through the top few points positions because I think after we drop past P5, P6 is probably irrelevant at this point. But right now, number one spot, Michael Cronje 16, followed by Axis Simons, Bengals Bugs, Relum Pago Marquinhos, and then in the number five spot, up to the number five spot, uh, San Grunch, San Gancho El Culo F1. I can't really pronounce that, but that's our top five. Now, here's the interesting part, Mark, because I wanted to take a look at what could be the deciding factor this weekend. So right now, Axis Simon and Michael Cronje 16 are separated by just 25 points. So here is who Michael Cronje has in his driver lineup for this weekend. So he's got Max, he's got Sergio, he's got Carlos Sainz, he's got Daniel Ricciardo, and he's got Zhu. And he's also got Ferrari and Red Bull. In number two, Axis Simon has the exact same lineup, but he doesn't have Zhu. He has Yuki Sonoda. So the deciding factor this race weekend could absolutely be the difference between Zhu and Yuki Sonoda. That Yuki Sonoda and Zhu could ultimately be the two individuals that decide who's going to be going home this weekend with our signed Max Verstappen one half scale helmet. So They're incredibly close. They're divided or they're separated by a hair. But this weekend, if somehow Yuki has an unbelievable weekend and breaks through or Daniel Ricardo, sorry, not Daniel Ricardo, Zhu has a great weekend and breaks through, they could ultimately decide this championship. So thought that was interesting. Yeah, it's going to be exciting to see how it plays out uh, after Yas, uh, you know, the week after next. Uh, <laughs> it's it's close, man. I didn't think that we'd be sitting here at the end of the season, that the Fantasy League would be uh, as tight as it is. And I noticed what you did. You had eyes on me all night to make sure. I know you gave instructions to various members to, to make sure that, that the daily didn't start going through drawers and cupboards and closets. <laughs> Lo- looking for the Max Verstappen helmet. I totally get it. I'm cool with it. You know, you have 
have to do what you have to do because I got to respect people's space and I got to be fair. And but I mean, it's just uh, the, the 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 coolest thing. And I have to you know give a shout out once again to uh, T Set uh, Racing Exclusives dot uh, com for uh, giving us uh, that uh, you know helmet to 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 give out to the winner of fantasy. So yeah, we're almost there, Mark. It is crazy when you think that uh, we are now what the the twentieth of November and I keep saying it, it just feels like since we got this side of Labor Day it just seems the days of the weeks and the months just like September bang gone October bang gone October or sorry November almost gone I mean it's Thanksgiving down in the states on Thursday I mean that that's like the the I you know pretty much the marker for everyone else that the holiday time of you know year starts around then it's just like it's like how did we get here so quickly this year it's, it's unbelievable and then I always feel that you know once you get to Yas Marina it feels like oh that's it you know no more Formula One you get into the off season and it feels like March takes forever to come around every year but that three and a half months or whatever it is it, it it's just like everything else it seems to go faster faster every year as well so for, uh, for everyone know. listening at home a kind of a, a quick preview of the next couple of weeks so tomorrow I'm going to sit down with Magnus Graves Magnus was of course in Vegas um, he was doing the fantastic Lewis race weekend Takashi Murakami pop up at, at Wynn Hotel Resort so he's going to come on tomorrow, hopefully get that episode up on Wednesday, reflect on his experience there, talk about that excellent collaboration that he did with the latest issue in Lewis Hamilton. You and I will be back later this week to probably talk a little bit more about Vegas and some of the racing uh, kind of specifics and get everyone ready for Yoss. And then you and I will be back yep. this weekend to talk about Yoss and then Next week, we are going to be dropping our 500th episode special, which I know you and I are very excited about. You and I haven't been together for 500 episodes, but we've been together for a pretty big chunk of those. And we've got a ton of people coming on. Yeah. Magnus is going to be coming on, Tim, Matt Sakaras, Bryson Sullivan, Seth Whiteberg, Elizabeth Blackstock. Hopefully, we'll get a couple of other people, so we'll have a ton of special guests, and we're hoping to drop that a week on Friday, kind of celebrate one or 500th episode of the show and also to kind of celebrate the season and the championship that was. And of course, if you don't know already, we'll be here twice a week all through the offseason bringing you the latest news and probably have some fun with some off-topic shows as well. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I was just thinking that uh, when we, you and I uh, started, uh, you know, doing the show together back in 2020, we I think that the there was something like maybe 180, so a, a substantial amount of number of of shows in you know the the show was firmly established, but I mean it didn't really take off until you and I started doing the the the, the podcast together. And I mean to go from like 180 episodes or something up to 500 in that short amount of time is is pretty amazing. Mark, and uh, I mean, it's a, just a testament to the commitment that uh, that we've put into to, to sitting down a couple times a week minimum to pump out uh, the, the the content. So it's uh, it's it's been fun. So coming up on five hundred, hopefully another five hundred more, uh, <laughs> you know, afterwards and and beyond until one day we just say no, we've had enough and we're we're retiring, but probably not that's not going to happen for a very very long time <laughs> anyways folks we're, we're going to wrap it up there thank you for for coming to hang out on a bit of sort of off the cuff kind of a you know relaxed kind of a show this evening uh, hope you enjoyed it uh, and look out for all the shows that will be dropping over the next couple of days and yeah i i don't i I, I thought that Yas was still like a little, you know, couple of weeks away, but it's coming up uh, really fast, and it's kind of been the 
underlying theme to the the entire season that that when we've been racing apart from the summer break it seems like there there's has not been very much space time and space to catch your breath in between races so that just seems kind of fitty that we're we're, we're going to come up really fast to the end of the season here and then just like that you know flick of the light switch and that uh, that'll that that'll turn off the power to the 2023 formula one world championship so mark let everyone know because i haven't remembered it yet we've uh, we've basically kind of moved away from x we're still checking our dms there so you can still get in touch with us so what is um Oh, I, I can't find you. Know, Mark's giving me the, uh, the he's got some technical difficulties. I'll figure out what the new Instagram handle is and then uh, we'll, we'll throw it up uh, uh, next time. I should know it by now, but uh, I'm terrible and I've uh, completely forgotten about it. Anyways, guys, have a great evening. Uh, check us out um, again on uh, Tuesday, Thursday, Sunday. And if you need to send us a message, uh, scooterf1pod at gmail.com or you can also send us a uh, you know, slide into our DMs in, um, let's see, uh, in Twitter or X or whatever you want to call it and uh, at ScooterF1Pod and uh, we'll talk to you again soon. Have a great week everyone. Bye for now. <laughs>